0: Welcome to Sonic Talk, the podcast that talks about all things to do with music technology. Today we're recording episode 512. on, what is it? November the uh, Wednesday, November the eighth. So this is streaming via YouTube and also by Facebook Live. Uh, welcome uh, those of you who would like to. You can join us on the IRC chat room, sonicstatecom forward slash live for details of that, and also via the YouTube chat room. We've got, as I like to say and often do, a fulsome chat room on uh, uh, from everywhere. So yes, very pleased to see you. So uh, I also want to say thank you very much to our sponsors for the competition this week. Uh, Isotope will be giving away a copy of Ozone 8. Uh, so if you want to uh, join in, in that competition, just stay tuned. It happens somewhere around halfway around the show. So as always, a pleasure. Let's start with, uh, well, let's start with Mr. Non-Eric from Musotalk.tv. Just caught him there whipping his glasses off. <laughs> um, <laughs> Non-Eric, of course, does a very similar sort of uh, vibe to us. He's got a kind of music technology and music production uh, podcast and uh, media production set up over there in Berlin in Germany. How on earth are you, Mister? non-ERIC? M-
1: relatively fine. I would say Excellent. medium. Medium. <laughs> I'm sorry,
0: it's only medium. That's not what we want to hear.
1: <laughs> so what's been happening
0: in, uh, on musotalk.tv recently? Anything exciting?
1: Well, sure. uh, we finally just released the second part of our Hackintosh trial, uh, um, to trying to build uh, a, a cheaper computer, faster computer, more reliable computer, something that doesn't heat up or breaks down, uh, but runs Mac OS uh, uh, software. And that was uh, online on Monday. And there will be a, a third part. And I'm thinking of uh, doing a benchmark. Maybe it would be interesting to find out uh, if Cubase on Windows or Cubase on. on OS uh, X, X uh, is more efficient or not because here we have exactly the same hardware and we can side by side try out.
0: That sounds like a great one. I might have to quiz you a bit about that later once we've introduced the rest of our guests. Well, thank you very much for joining us. And also we have Mr. Gaz Williams, uh, producer, bass player, music technologist over there in Bristol in his uh, rooftop studio. Uh, just launched your album, I believe. Um, I did see oh, a little yeah. bit of the live stream and you were you were oh, cool. hatted up. You look kind of quite wizardy.
2: <laughs> uh- uh, yeah, um, actually someone thought I was, not at this gig, but at another gig, thought I was uh, Roy Wood's sort of son, so I, <laughs> that's very wizardy. Um, Bat- but, better uh, than brother. Yeah, <laughs> yeah actually, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, the album's out now, uh, Asteroid Deluxe, The Lawn. Yeah, really excited, actually, that launch was brilliant, um, really enjoyed that, um, and uh, we had... Yeah, we had a lot live visuals. Yeah, it was a really cool, really cool. So uh, please go out and buy it. We got it on vinyl as well. So it's uh, on Bandcamp, Asteroid Deluxe. Dot, uh, Bandcamp, Bandcamp.com, Asteroid, forward slash Asteroid Deluxe. Sorry, I'm sure you can figure yeah, that out. Yeah, I'm sure we'll find it. <laughs> anyway, guys, <Gaz>, thank you <laughs> very much plug, plug, for joining plug, plug, us. Plug. And also uh, we
0: have Mr. Rich Hilton, who is of the birthday inclination today. I th- believe, is it t- actually today your birthday, Rich?
3: Today is my birthday.
0: Bless you, sir. Hey, Many happy returns. Happy
3: birthday to
0: you. Happy birthday to you. There we go. You. There we go. And so far. Thank you, fellas. And so far. And happy so forth. birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. That too.
2: Happy <laughs> birthday.
0: Yeah. World. I'm not That's sure my, which uh, one happy is birthday. worse for copyright infringement, because I think there was a problem with, there, with, the, uh, with, with both, <laughs> to be perfect. Anyway, Rich, how are you? I guess you've been back for a little bit of a week. I was going to try and play you a happy birthday on the uh, on the Lyra, but it doesn't seem to be able to uh, uh, actually play anything of any pitch value whatsoever without pre-tuning it. Anyway, how are you, Rich? You well?
3: Yeah, I'm uh Old. <laughs> <laughs> older that's how i am
0: <laughs> how, about, how about how about less young that sounds like a better yeah
1: something
3: like maybe that. a better way yeah, of looking at it glass half full glass um, half empty it's beautiful and all that stuff. i'm very thankful and uh i've been shown enormous amounts of love already today so it's just incredible really one thing about uh social media is people do have the opportunity to acknowledge each other on days like this and sometimes it's like oh my goodness i mean just you just don't think about the world like that that there's these people out there who you know actually care Yeah, i know it's great it's it's amazing
0: no, that is really good. I must admit, it does uh, make you feel much more wanted and and kind of you know just remembered and not not so uh, when you when you come down and you open that packet of socks once again for the forthcoming year
3: and you just think, oh, <laughs> I'm sure you got better gifts than that. Anyways, <laughs> I've actually got uh, Prime Acoustics Recoil Stabilizers coming for my speakers. What the hell? That- oh, are they things that you put your speakers onto
0: to kind of yes. isolate them? Yeah.
3: Yes. And apparently they make a huge difference. And furthermore, they'll angle the speaker slightly down. And given that they're kind of sitting high up here, uh, that'll give it a nice perspective. I'm really quite looking forward to this. Is
0: that your birthday present to yourself?
3: It is. It is. Well, yeah. Don't tell my wife. It's from my wife. (laughs) Ah. (laughs) She doesn't know yet. Well, she does know, um, oh, okay. but I just, you know, we, we do that. We'll make it easy on each other occasionally when there is actually something you can come up with that you want. Um, you know, you'll say, Hey, I've got, I've got your birthday present idea right
0: here. Oh, well, that's good. And it's, it's also really nice. Cause I mean, you know, my family, I've got a 14 year old daughter and my missus and obviously we're not terribly wealthy or anything. So anything to do with music technology is pretty much forget about it as a gift. And, and so I try and kind of steer towards other less high-ticket value items. So, uh, yeah. so anyway. But happy birthday to you, Rich. Pleasant. Thank and, you. Uh, and, well, I, I suppose we could celebrate also another uh, kind of 10, which is this one. This is news. Ableton Live 10 dropped last week. Um, it's the... I think it's fair to say a lot of the stuff has really been happening under the hood more than anything else. Um, but there are quite a lot of new features... And new kind of tweaks and devices and what have you, this is the Wavetable Synth which also has an expandable uh, GUI which is something that I think is really cool and something that I'd like to see more of because I am sick to death of trying to edit things in that tiny little bay at the bottom. I mean you can stretch it up I suppose. And there's a Stomp Pot Crunch pedal it's called, uh, I think there's also a drum bus, uh, a really cool looking echo and numerous other things. I'm not going to play all of it because you know, uh, a I'm supposed to say that for every single video, and b uh, it, you know, that, on the face of it, it doesn't look like perhaps the biggest of updates. I uh, know, uh, oh. Mister Non American, you a, are you a user or are you uh, uh, um, not?
1: No, I'm clean. You're clean
0: from live, are you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm not a user. <laughs> no, I'm. I, I have a. Uh, uh, it, it's difficult for me to work in the concept of the clips concept of ableton but they have a a big uh, show here on the weekend called the loop yeah Yeah. Uh, and there will be a chance of course for me i hope to take a look at ableton 10 vanessa if you are listening and watching the sonic state podcast you will receive a very late email from me asking for permission to come down so this is my my (laughs) way of uh, talking myself into the show i hope and yeah it would be great to uh, maybe talk to the the engineers because as you said there's uh, probably a lot more happened under the hood In terms of you know cleaning up the software, you know uh, after a couple of years you always have to sort of clean up what is under the hood. Um, The the new features that went on top like the new synths and the drum bus and everything, well that's not uh, not uh, extremely exciting, but I guess it will be all very very important to people who use uh, live regularly or that are users.
0: Absolutely. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I I think, uh, as you say, there's been a lot going on under the hood, and also one of the big deals is the integration of Max for Live within Suite. And I was talking to developers at uh, We Are Robots because I went there last week, and I talked on a panel. I'll perhaps get a chance to mention a bit more about that uh, later. And um, they were all saying their Max for Live devices were loading kind of like ten times faster. The uh, the CPU load was, you know. Five times less. I mean, really, kind of significant differences. And and as we mm. found with kind of, as people are creating more and more interesting complex devices, such as our Wave Junction, bit of a plug there. Then you know the CPU load is going to come down enormously, and that's kind of cool. Wow. Yeah, so you're you've, yeah, you've used. Oh, sorry. Sorry
1: yeah, no, but I just wanted to, uh, to explain it's the same that kind of happened with logic. If you use logic regularly, there's all these updates. okay, they have a couple of more instruments. But I realized, especially in the last two updates with logic, there have been significant improvement uh, in, in you know under the hood, like latency compensation now works and other stuff. A lot of uh, terrible problems got ironed out, and they don't, didn't even talk about it. And I think it's the same more or less with Ableton 10.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's it's quite a big deal. Gaz, I I know it's a sharp intake of breath when I said, oh, perhaps it wasn't such a significant update on the face of it, but I think it probably is, right?
2: I think yeah, I think it's a huge update. I think it's excellent what they're doing with this one. Um, one of them, one of the really big ones, which for me, well, for me is one of the really big ones, but is right down in the. Uh, in the headlining so the headline grabbing uh is is the changes to the arrange window so uh the arrange window uh is becoming so much better with uh, with live 10 um notably uh just things like zoom controls uh, being able to, to time stretch directly previously um you've always had to still use the kind of clip editor down the bottom um But now, you know, you can just snip a piece, stretch it within the editor. Okay. You mean like a proper doll? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So this is why this stuff is right down the list because it's just bringing it in line with, what you'd kind of expect it to be able to do but you know um non-eric has mentioned you know the the focus generally with ableton is on the the clip view but the i i particularly love the arrange view it's just such a streamlined really nice fast sort of environment for working within so these sort of small adjustments have got actually huge uh repercussions in terms of the workflow there so so that's pretty cool um and also i mean i think the the way that they've just uh really kept to that vision i've been um using ableton Live since version two and i've always really enjoyed the up the updates um and it should be mentioned as well it's quite interesting how they have take they've taken an an awful long time now in the development cycle before going to a major is it four and a half years and it was about yeah similar... it's about four
0: and a half years yeah but I mean mm, I, I to be mean, fair to be to be fair this is one thing people know oh it's going to be you know what is it 239 bucks or 180 old quid it's not totally fine and mm. people go oh it's too much too but when you think about the amount of updates that have happened to live 9 over that four year period where you haven't had to yeah, pay yeah, yeah. Else, it's actually yeah. you know it's not ah. a significant uh, price I,
2: well the inclusion of of max for live then you know that that that's a that's a I mean gosh look what that brings uh, you know, if you haven't got the live suite, that is, you know, uh, I think it's an enormous. Well, you don't get max for u- upgrade.
0: You, yeah, no, you, hold on, you don't get max for live in all versions. That's it's only. You in do, su- I... it's, uh, it, no, you don't. No, you I've, do. I've, I've double, you do. I've double. I've double checked that. Do? Double checked. Are you sure? I spoke. <laughs> I, I, I spoke that the to... standard. Okay. Yeah, that's not the case. But but. The Max right. for Live okay. integration has been completely reworked so that it's much more efficient. I wouldn't be surprised that perhaps over the next, you know, 12 months or whatever, at some point they will introduce like a player type technology where you don't get to edit the Max for Live stuff, but you can run the Max for Live stuff in lower versions. That would make a lot of sense, oh, oh. but I don't know whether that's the case. You know, I mean, it's, it's certainly yeah. not okay. on the road Sorry, I'm wrong as as there. I am
2: wrong. I've, yeah,
0: yeah. But yeah, it, but it is a lot more efficient and betterer i think that uh, and also we've got the uh, groups within groups i don't use groups all that much but apparently they're very useful
2: so yeah i mean you could one thing that's been missing in live and still is sort of missing well is still missing is like a kind of lane take like a take editor but with this groups within groups you can sort of get around it you can sort of do it now um if you were just to put all your vocal takes within a group with you know and then uh especially in the arrange editor the way that you can now adjust the arrange right. editor and cut and slide things um so yeah i'm looking forward to trying that stuff out definitely
0: i know rich i don't know if you're much of an ableton live user i mean i'm sure you use it uh you are familiar with it but uh i don't know i'm I'm making an assumption here. i I now i'm thinking perhaps you are a user of ableton live
3: um yeah sometimes th- i like thoughts. It. i love it Am thoughts I'm on muted, the update right? no you aren't muted Okay, good. Um <laughs> I can't take a shot then. Um uh it looks like a very nice update. I uh, love the new fonts. Um what notice, what I'm noticing is that a lot of these uh promotional materials and this one is included in that emphasize young people who want to build up an entire track very quickly in in almost real time in this sort of what I call yeah. post Jacob Collier world where where and this is part of the whole looper pedal methodology is wrapped up in all this as well, but there seems to be an emphasis now on exactly what live had been designed to do from the start, which is building up a lot of stuff live. And um, I thought the promo effectively demonstrated that as their emphasis. And uh, it seems to me that the feature bumps that we've all discussed already are really interesting and cool. And um Couple of new instruments. That's always nice. Uh yeah. oh, they really that, that, get a lot of they get yeah. a lot of mileage out of their real estate with respect to giving you controls that do a lot of things in a pretty small amount of space. Um, and I think that it kind of encourages one to work in certain ways, particularly on the clips page, um, that gets you slightly different results than when you're working linearly all the time. That said, it's also cool that they're making all these improvements to the linear page where you can do all these other kinds of edits that uh, Gaz described. And apparently there's a whole lot of more automation stuff and being able to tie, I guess, automation to the warp points is something new. Um, I guess I haven't automated too many mixes in Ableton Live, but if it's new, that's wonderful because, yeah, you'd want to be able to do that. And it uh, looks nice. It seems yeah. uh, It seems like a bunch of money, but it looks nice. And anybody who wants to continue to work in that format and like you say it's been years of updates for free so yeah exactly yeah. And, I, and i
0: think well, part of it's them. also i think part of it's also the fact that it's now fully 64-bit there were a couple of things that were missing that i thought uh, would have been really nice to get and one of them was uh the bit well first the push integration is is deeper so you get much more pretty graphics on the screen certainly for some of the new instances at uh, the new devices but when you're working with macros I'm banged on about this loads you know you only get knobs there's no button macros yes you can use a midi controller to have a button and have a 0 and a 128 value but if you're using push and you have a knob you just want a on or off type thing on the macros in racks you have to you, you set the range to naught to one but it means that the pu- the push requires a full rotation of the knob to go from naught to one you can't just kind of go on off on off and that seems, you know, that that's one thing. Another thing for me is uh, I want the option to have a really big bar counter, you know, because quite often you might yeah. be using it live, and it's really hard to see where you are. And also a time display because you can't tell, you know, it's just sort of you're going along and you go how long's the how long's these clips run for, and you don't know. It's just in terms of bars. There's no way of saying yeah, it's fifteen minutes or you know thirty seconds or whatever. And those are kind of things that you know just just little things but uh, i think we're going to probably see a lot more extra extra bits and bobs gaz i'll come back to you what would you like Sorry. to see that you didn't
2: <laughs> i thought you can see the time on the bottom line the bars are on the top and the times along the bottom but, oh, um
0: I and stand i'm not a view. power user or particularly um po-
2: uh, were you talking about the range of view though no i was talking about clip view oh okay i think it might do it in clip as well but um Oh, I'd have to check that. Uh, what would I like to see in it? Um, gosh, Do you know, it's it's a funny one. It's like it's always been this thing with live. What I don't want to see with it, really, and um, and it, and that's a, a sort of opposite question. But um, I, I'm really glad that they've kind of still maintained that that clean, crisp vision of it and haven't overloaded it with 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 options and stuff and what i would like to see in it though yeah is a um is a melodyne type functionality i think um right because if like pitch editing uh it's still a little bit funny you can do it in a way but i'd love to see i'd love to see like a like or even what is that a uh, melodyne integration i can't remember what the api yeah ARA or whatever it's called um something like that i think that would be really cool yeah yeah yeah
0: I don't know, I'm not, yeah, you're not much of a user, but you know it is quite important, isn't it, with with that, that uh, you try and maintain the things that make the the DAW, particularly with Live, which is a very different sort of vibe to many other sort of just regular NLE stuff, apart from maybe Bitwig, but that's a kind of separate case, I suppose.
1: I think it's uh, very interesting, uh, and I'd like to elaborate on what uh guest <coughs> said is, it's great that they sort of stick to their, when you look at, uh, st- stick to their concept, and when you look at version 1 and version 10, you will immediately recognize the program, you know, because it's yeah. basically the same look, the same feel, the same concept. It's, it's they have been able to uh, withstand the 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 uh, the thrust, you know, to make it into a DAW like any other. You know, there were at a, at some time I think in version seven eight when they said had instrument orchestral instruments and other stuff. I was getting worried that it would, you know, turn into another Cubase or another Logic in terms of concept. But they have been sticking to their concept, elaborated on that created uh, hardware like Push and really sort of stuck to what is their core. And when you look at the program like Logic, for example, it changed. You know, we have a split main screen now. We have, you know, it looks different. No change, you know. So I think that's uh, very interesting that they have sort of managed to really withstand all the, uh, (laughs) um, how does it say in English, Versuchungen. Yes, it's that. I know
0: what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I don't know what you mean, but I, I, we'll, we'll just guess. Temptations. <laughs> temptations. I got
1: it. Temptations. The temptation. Temptations. Yes. The temptation to fuck about with the concept and try to be everything, <laughs> yeah, everything that I'm, everybody else is also at. So yeah. they've got their unique spot in the market. They have a unique concept. Maybe Bitwig is pretty close. It's kind of very close in a way. They try to go in that direction, but as, but it's great.
0: Yeah, no, I absolutely hope agree. I hope to see mean, more just,
1: of it on the yeah. weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: well, I hope so too. Oh, actually, that's at Funk House, isn't it? Which is always nice to get a, yeah. a, a chance to go to a trip down there. So, um, just to say, I think that they've, they've said rather vaguely, I mean, you can sign up to the beta test now if you've got an Ableton Live account, a 9 account. Uh, it doesn't have to be sweet, but you can get a 10, which is a great way of hooking people in and then getting them to buy. Uh, it's going to be available Q1, which could be anywhere between January and March. So you know there is a bit of a, a bit of leeway there. Uh, looks like the upgrading is going to be from if you're at nine suite and you want to go to ten suite. Looks like it's going to be around one hundred and eighty quid or two hundred and forty bucks, and that's got like a twenty percent discount. I think at, at this stage. So I'm not quite sure. We're not quite sure what that is going to work out at, but it's definitely. Uh, definitely coming and i'm sure there will be iterations because i mean obviously with that longer period there's probably features in there that you know may or may not make the cut or might be introduced or whatever we don't know but it's kind of big news because four and a half years since the last major update so um i'm just going to drop uh, a little bit of a word from uh, our friends at isotope now because we've uh, been going for an, almost half an hour uh, of course ozone eight the kind of de facto and Neutron 2 in fact de facto mastering and sort of finalising end of your uh, processing chain got lots and lots of great features Master Assistant which allows you to kind of start the process kind of depending on where you want to end up and gives you some really good starting points that you can then work from or use in total. Uh, The ability to communicate between uh, instances of uh, Ozone 8 and Neutron 2 in the same session, so you can actually adjust aspects of the mix. The, uh, excuse me, the spectral shaping, which gives you uh, the kind of the parameters work within depending on the kind of music that you're working in it's all very interesting machine learning technology lots of really kind of cutting edge stuff in here of course Ozone as with many iZotope products is available at uh, get 10 day download where you can check it out and see whether or not it's going to work for you uh, and then uh, it's fully functioning so if you want to try Ozone 8 which I know lots and lots and lots of people are just kind of you know they swear by it for their mastery also I forgot to mention you can actually have uh, I think it's a, a folder full of tracks that you can compare and contrast between. So you can, if you're trying to go for a specific sound, it just makes all that stuff a lot easier. Anyway, Ozone 8 from Isotope. If you go to isotope.com forward slash ozone, you'll be able to download the copy and uh, check it out for yourself. And of course, we got a competition. Last week we asked uh, for. The hashtag, Expert Mastering Ozone 8. And uh, we got a winner. And the, the the winner is Nate Master Flex. So the Twitter handle is at Nate Master Flex. So uh, you know who you are. If you are hearing this, then please do get in touch and we'll pass you on to Isotope and they'll give you a copy of Ozone 8. Congratulations for winning. And of course, we also have another competition we're running this week. Uh, I thought I'd use this as an homage to our naming conventions, possibly that we sometimes use for our final file. So if you want to win Ozone 8, ozone 8 this week i'm looking for the hashtag final final mix not final final mix 2 or anything like that just final final mix and the hashtag ozone 8 to at sonic state and at isotope inc that's on twitter that's the hashtag final final mix the hashtag ozone 8 to at sonic state and at isotope inc and that's uh thank you very much to isotope for continuing to uh, provide prizes for the show and uh, just supporting us generally very much appreciated all right what was next uh oh yeah okay Slightly abstract, this is uh, called (laughs) X-Bay. Now... Motherfucker. (laughs) Excuse me. (laughs) I don't want to have to put
1: parental tags on this. Oh, sorry, sorry. Oh, sorry, (laughs) yes. Oh, shit. Ah! Ah! Ah!
0: So this is the X-Bay system, which uh, is uh, basically an analogue mod matrix a routing matrix which says analog CV any external gear it also comes with the X I think they're X mod cards like that so you could get various different synthesizer aspects in there as well so the whole thing can be kind of self-contained or interface with external gear uh, all done via uh, this software side of things and completely recall you don't need cables because it' all, all basically works within these 16 or up to 256 analog patch base. Now, I'm trying to find... I did actually have the... Uh, let me just get the uh, the page up because I think it seemed to have closed that tab. But basically, this uh, is the Kickstarter. They just launched yesterday. It's not actually had... Oops. Let me find that. Excuse me. I do beg your pardon. I just pasted gentle giant into the search bar which is not what I was looking hey! for. <laughs> yes, right.
2: it is uh, what you're looking for. Let me see if I can
0: get the page up. <laughs> so, yeah, this is X-Bay. Uh, It's They're looking for a, a bunch of money to get started but the idea is and I think it's uh, unfortunately it seems to be displayed in a rather dry fashion but actually I think this could be a very, very powerful new system and the idea is that you can uh, you've got a completely flexible analogue uh Patch bay with up to 256 two, by 256 meters, which is quite a lot. Uh, and you've also got the ability to, I believe, attenuate and root and uh, uh, sum and split and all of those things. But combined with these XMOD cards, you could have a, a completely self contained synthesizer. I mean, they're pushing it at the uh, Eurorack people because obviously, you know, we won't necessarily want to have all those cables lying around. I detected there, Mr. Non Eric, that uh, you perhaps were. Uh, not, not quite so excited by the prospect. I think they've they they haven't sold it well, but I think actually it could be a really mm. big deal.
1: Uh, sorry about that. Uh, we don't have these perennials here in Germany, so I'm sorry. Slipped. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Didn't want to kill your show. You have to wear a special hat. <laughs> bah, bah, no, bah. It, it was very, very hard for me to find out what this thing actually does because it's very confusing you know it's a patch bay with no converters but it's also a synthesizer but i think it could also be very interesting for everybody using a daw who has a lot of external gear you know uh, not only just patching a synthesizer together you could use it uh, to just have an audio interface with eight inputs and not eight out but you have a lot of external gear like like a uh, um Tossy yeah, from a, Dream. Exactly. We, we went to or, yeah we
0: carry on sorry i'm i'm i'm, we went I'm to not see, giving you the delay and
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, we went to, uh, to his studio and he showed us how he produced a score for the movie cargo and he has all his synthesizers all connected and what he needs he has i think uh, uh, three audio interfaces eight uh, eight channel interfaces and an Also another external Mackie mixer, 32 channels to feed that all into his Cubase, you know, to have everything connected and working all the time. So I could see that maybe you, I I think it's technically possible to use this uh, machine to actually control all of this and maybe just use a single eight channel interface, wouldn't it?
0: Uh, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it absolutely is. I mean, at at, at a very base level, you could have a 16 by 16, which I think is the smallest it comes. It goes 16, 16, uh, 32 by 32. uh, I guess it goes up 64 by 64, and then 256. I mean, this is starting to get very expensive. And the thing about the uh, Kickstarter, it's pretty. What they really needed to do is have a system actually up and working with somebody explaining what's going on because there are too many. Uh, options here and it's really difficult to decipher but uh, as far as I can tell it looks like around about a thousand euros will get you a 32 by 32 system which isn't Mm -hmm. on the face of it you know it sounds like a lot of money but it's actually what it can do for you could be extremely powerful, as you say, and to be able to route multiple ins and outs, and you get decent. I think there's some pictures here of you know what the kind of rough concept of it is. Uh, let me just see if I can find them. There's a picture of it at the back. Uh, so you've got all these cards that you stick in, which are these switching matrix, but then you've got these additional cards, which can be actual just synthesizer modules, like 3340 voices, filters, all that kind of stuff, and they get accessed via the matrix as well. Uh, and let me see, I'm just looking for the picture of the back of the unit. Yeah, so you've got D-subs and you just break out the cables and, and connect it to your studio stuff. So yes, very powerful. Uh, I'm not not have heavily subscribed yet. I mean, Gaz, you know, I mean, we're all very uh, conscious of all the cables all over the place and something like this where you have it all <laughs> in one point could be very good. Of course, then you'd have to have the cables running to the place where the patch bay is, obviously. So you still need cables, but it's 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 a step in the right direction, I think.
2: I'm... I'm hugely conflicted with this, actually, because I can see how impressive it is, but also it's there's a there's something very boring about it as well. the way it, you know a big part of of that of the fun of hardware is the physical interaction with it, and this is all entirely computer based. So it's almost like it's almost like the worst of both worlds, isn't it? You know, it's like it's like hasn't got the fun of of the physical interaction with hardware. And it hasn't got the sort of the portability or the, you know, or, or upgradability of the computer software. You know, or rather, you know, it so, but I mean that's to sort of give a disservice to it. I think it is a really interesting idea. I think the presentation of it is not very good at all i completely agree with you i think it really needs to be a lot more musically focused um you know the it's an it's an enormous um undertaking that they that they're doing here you know because it's a whole software front end uh you know it's countless amounts of products that they're going to have to make and uh you know support and create new ones for um I think Kickstarters who are going to take the plunge are going to have to be quite brave, I think, you know, and have to put a lot of faith in it. I mean, but it does look really good. I mean, I was wondering, just on the most boring level of it, just uh, as, as, as a very interesting way of doing, um, like, as a patch bay, you know, as a digitally yeah, controlled well, that, patch that, bay. I know those...
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm, but it to do as well, dual. I believe.
2: It do CV and, you know, and to be able just to sort of just root everything any way you want, you know, it's really impressive. But I think, yeah, from the marketing point of view uh, and also, I mean, it looks like it just looks rubbish, really. Not rubbish. <laughs> it's just so boring looking, you know, you want at least some sort of lights or something fancy going on. But it looks just like the most sort of industrial bland, boring box for something so potentially exciting um you know it should be orange yeah. orange you think well yeah. I,
0: I refer you back to this page where we've actually got uh, i think there is look it's got lights on the front i think or is that just a piece of yellow okay. card i'm not sure i, I i'm not sure <laughs> about that I don't know, Rich. I mean, there was the uh, the SSL X patch, which was really good, but wouldn't wasn't DC coupled, and it was DSP powered. I think so. You couldn't use it for CV, so it didn't have that potential. And I, and that was, but that was really good. But it just didn't, you know. And and that was also expensive. I think it was about a thousand quid per eight eight by eight matrix. So this actually works out considerably cheaper than that, and potentially. I mean, do you kind of, do you find, oh God, I wish I didn't have this patch bay. I wish I could just route things more easily. Or do you like the physicality of it?
3: I don't use this stuff enough to say, except that this is an odd kind of, I have product identity issues like Gaz is having with this thing, Um, but I can see its value People have tried the automating of analog patches before. You wire your whole system to this central box that then software routes everything for you. And I think that the systems in which that makes the most sense are huge post-production style desk rooms where you've got sources coming from all over the place and you really do have a fixed installation. And then the question becomes, do you really want to, bet your entire studio's connections on a device that you bought on Kickstarter. And I don't mean to denigrate Kickstarter in any way when I say that, but it's just that a company that can afford to route that many inputs can afford to buy the damn thing at retail. So this thing really better do a bunch of unique stuff and do it better than anybody else's that exists, first of all. And second, I don't quite get... If I had a modular synth, I think the last thing I would want to do is hardwire all of its connections to a software box. It just doesn't strike me as what the fun of operating a hardware synth is about, is sitting there at my computer and route every, routing everything on its, on a TV screen. So that whole concept of it routing CVs and hosting synthesizers and integrating into your music workflow, I don't get it. Now, it may be really cool, and they, maybe somebody could sit down here and show me why it's like the, the bee's knees, as they used to say. But I, right now, I have a little problem with concept identity. But as a, an enormous multipoint router, it might be useful to places like huge film post facilities and places where you really have to get a huge number of signals from point A to point B easily.
0: Mm. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. I suppose the only other thing that kind of almost nearly existed but didn't quite make it was uh, Copperland, which was an a Ethernet-based transport where you could just plug in various <laughs> interfaces and it would kind of go, I'm here, I've got eight outputs, you know, I'll, I'll go wherever you want. And I, I suppose that makes sense because you're just routing between devices with essentially a single cap six or cat five e wire or whatever so this this uh, i I, I take your point about the the idea that if if somebody's got that kind of cash they're just going to drop that cash and it needs to kind of it needs to work but i suppose
3: on the most reliable thing you can find (laughs) you know a company with a with a huge basis in this sort of switching technology that's why some of these companies especially like in hollywood that have been around since like the 1950s still continue to do business because they've built so much confidence in the product line
0: yeah, that's a very good point. I hadn't thought about that. I suppose in terms of in terms of modular, though, I mean, you might be in a situation where you've got a touring rig. You want to use your modular stuff live, but you don't want to have to be constantly repatching. You know, there might be aspects of it that you want to be hands on, and you could you could keep those manual. But there could be other aspects it, that would be repeatable and what have you, right?
3: You mean instead of just bringing backing tracks like everybody does? Yeah, now? yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I suppose.
3: <laughs> uh, okay. I yeah. guess you could do that. Yeah.
0: Mm, yeah, I. I, and I, I, it's also, I ch- Sorry,
1: and it's also kind of weird that they sort of. They, oh, and we throw in a couple of synthesizers as well. You know, well, Oberheim filters. You well, know, they just sort of. And by the way, you can also have synthesizer modules. I mean, it's it's it seems a very huge project, and they haven't really sort of made clear why they can build a great synthesizer as well. I mean, just on top of it. You know, the icing on the cake. Oh, we also have synthesizers. It's kind of...
0: Yeah, it seems a bit secondary.
1: Like I, to me.
0: I think the thing about the synthesizer cards is they're essentially just using the routing capabilities of the chip. So they're not worrying about the scaling of the, uh, you know, the, the parts and the connections. It's just like slot the card in. You've got a pair of 3340 oscillators or you've got a SEM filter or you've got that kind of stuff you don't have, which may, I agree, now thinking about it more, it may in some instances be useful to have that, but most people kind of want to display their synthesizer large S, you know, as part of their thing rather than, yeah, it's all in that box there, which is, looks like a kind of a, a, a drawer from a touring rack system where I keep my DI boxes. I, I suppose,
1: yeah, I get I that. I don't know... Yeah. I don't know what the audience is for this product really that's my main problem
0: right yeah Just and they slide. need yeah
1: like gritch said you know if if you if you really need that digital patching capability of analog sources and stuff you're you're probably not a you're a wreck freak, you know, with your Dupfer system somewhere. You're probably uh, in a big professional studio, or you have uh, 30 synthesizers like Torsten who wants to connect them all to Cubase and switch and do this sort of stuff. I don't see a market for it.
0: Mm, okay, interesting. Rich, you look like you might be, you might be uh, gagging to speak there, but I could have misread. Cause it's no, a no, no, I was,
3: just, I was just thumbs up about what um, non Eric was saying.
0: Yeah, I suppose the other thing is, you know, we have got, let's not forget, we've also got AVB, which you can hook up a bunch of Moto devices, yeah. which are also DC coupled. I mean, the difficulty then becomes, you know, how you're controlling all of that attenuation and stuff. But it's possible you could use stuff like Expert Sleeper. So it is there. It's just, I guess it's it, it's not an integrated system. Uh, and I've, I've not experienced using AVB anywhere yet. And I would really like to try it. Um, non, Eric, have you actually used, have, have you tried the AVB system and, and see how that works? Yes.
1: I tried it uh, when I reviewed uh, a moto interface and it worked, yes. And you got patching, patching capabilities there as well. So you could, uh, and uh, also, um, you know, the, 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 the um, iConnectivity uh, audio interfaces, they also have this kind of functionality where you could hook up a couple of them and do a, a small version of what this is uh, with these audio interfaces.
0: Yeah, I suppose that's true. I mean, I think it would probably work out probably a bit more expensive once you pile up two or three of those, and then you have to have the host computer and all of that sort of thing. Oh yeah, yeah. uh, well, it's interesting. I wasn't sure because it was either going to be one of those things that uh, people went, "Yeah, this is absolutely amazing. Uh, I can really see it," or not. And this is, uh, and this is it. This so it's uh, on the Kickstarter. Um, the company uh, Anartel Electronics, uh, another Dutch company, interestingly. So uh, there seems to be quite a lot of interesting technology coming out of Holland. Uh, it hasn't really kind of got started yet so uh, still got 27 days to go i hope they make it because i would like to see it kind of properly realized because i think that's the thing it just feels a bit like it's too you know there's all these tiny little awards for cards and stuff they should have just gone in 16 step you know a 16 system a 32 system a 256 system you know and and maybe made one of the uh uh the, the what do they call them the uh rewards you know the kickstarter rewards things to be the synthesizer cards as well that might have made more sense but hey i guess that's just the way it goes
1: so Nick um, you, could, uh, you you your show will be the benchmark for this project you know we you kind of advertise the idea now to the world well, and we'll see how the kickstarter campaign will proceed you know will it be a huge rush and we will have uh, during the show. Maybe we even have some more backers coming in. Hey, you guys out there, back it now! Live on the show. Yeah, not so
0: much. I'm looking now, but there is a bit of a delay. There is a bit of a delay on the feed, so who knows? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's that much of a delay. Okay, um, right. Uh, oh, did you see this one that uh, Korg on the Nintendo tip? You know, as we saw before, Ooh. they've uh, they, they did the. D, D was it DSI that they were that yeah. they were first on. This is on uh, Peter Kern's CDM link. Uh, it's been spotted the the the, core, the Nintendo Switch console, and they're bringing Nintendo gadget to that the, the gadget to that, which looks pretty cool. Uh, and I think I had a little video to play here, uh, which looked up, was a bit kind of. Uh, let me see whether this will work. So you use your controllers either side, and you move notes around. which perhaps the most musical thing but we know as we know gadget is a great thing i know Gaz, you you've been a big fan of it we've heard and there's lots of great devices on there so there must be cpu to spare i'll start with you Gaz, because um Ooh. you know
2: i know you're a fan of gadget
0: and you're a gamer a so of, what's not to I'm like i
2: like, And eh? a, f- a fan of nintendo and yeah i had the uh the ms20 on the nintendo ds and that was really good fun um uh, in fact i should get it out it's in the drawer somewhere it's- Perfectly usable. It's really good. Uh, I think uh, this, yeah, I think it looks really, really cool because um, one thing Nintendo uh, experts at are um, interfacing. So I'm gonna, I'm really interested to see. Because, of course, you know, the, the, the Switch works as a, as a touchscreen as well. So it, it, really, you should be able to do all of the stuff you can do with the uh, iPad version of it. Uh, plus, you've got these extra controllers as well. So I think it could be... Like better on the Switch than uh, than on en- you know on any of the other platforms. Um, I'm really interested in this. I really want to get my hands on one to try it out. Uh, I think it's also very interesting because very few, very few serious music making tools. I mean, some people might argue that Gadget isn't serious, but I think it is. I think you can do really good stuff on it. Um, has made that transition over to the console to so the living room. Um, you know there's been gen you know, like kind of um sort of dj sort of type games and various other bits and bobs but uh, and oh yeah there was one wasn't there on playstation years ago and a lot of people actually got into music production i think there was a certain amount of people who went to fruity loops who kind of came through a playstation i can't remember what that's called but um but but considering how popular consoles are, you know, we've seen relatively very few music creation apps. So this is, this is really interesting. And also, I think it could be the thing that the Switch needs to sort of pull people onto the platform there as well. I think, uh, you know, to think of it as a standalone gadget sort of device could, you know, justify the cost uh, possibly. Um, yeah, I, I, I think this is really exciting. I'm really, really keen to see this.
0: Yeah, I suppose we've seen, you know, music apps as being kind of quite a big gateway into uh, adoption for new technology. I mean, I'm not a gamer. I mean, the last thing I had was a, was the Nintendo uh, Game Boy. So I don't know. I don't know, Rich. I'm guessing you're probably not much of a gamer either. But uh, I mean, the the Core Gadget is a special case. And Core Gadgets themselves, really, I mean, they've had a real history of being first and also sort of being best at for being first as well. Certainly on iOS, some of their uh, early apps were just, you know. Well, genius, you know, and they really did help define and create the ecosystem around that platform. You're (laughs) muted. (laughs) Now you can drink a drink, and it's your birthday, so you can take a drink.
3: (laughs) Hey! (laughs) Um, Oh, thank God. No, um, but seriously, folks, I, I like the Core Gadget software, and they make a lot of really cool sounds available to people, and it's a sort of a fun music-making world, and it actually accepts input from my MPE devices very nicely. I'm quite happy about that, and uh, if they want to run it on Nintendo, too, God bless them. You know, like it. I, I, this is part of what companies do. They leverage the existing technology into as many existing and de- many existing and new devices as possible. I think Dave would be uh, a good source on this, given that they've yeah. chosen to focus some of their attention to the Reason platform um, and Rack extensions. So. This is uh, <clears throat> pardon me. This is software business, and it's a good business, and that's some good software. So people with this device might have fun using it, and I yeah, think no. it's a beautiful thing.
0: Mm. I think that's true. I don't think the uh, the switch is available till spring, or certainly this application. I yes. know. Oh, no, um, cool. oh, yeah, um, non Eric, what what uh, what are your thoughts? Are you much of a gamer?
1: Yes. Ah, I didn't know. Currently, uh, Battlefield. T-gamer uh, only, uh, a little bit of Unreal Tournament, and uh, <laughs> yes, I'm a big gamer, and I think it could be a great excuse to get a Switch, because I think they do really good uh, games, I love, love the Nintendo stuff, and uh, I have just to have to repeat what uh, the other guests have said. I love the cock uh, gadgets, you know. I'm I'm still playing around with the IMS 20 on my iPad occasionally because it's really it's really so close to the original experience. Because I used uh, my first my second band, we only had MS 20 and MS 10 and SQ 10, so back to to the old days. And um, I love the iPoly 6. All of that stuff is great, and um, maybe I can. If this for Christmas, maybe ah, because I need it for music, for my studio. <laughs> Thanks, my wife. This is not a gaming console. This is my music stuff. You know.
0: Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I I just haven't got the patience yeah. for gaming anymore, and I, I'm also well aware of the amount of time it can absorb. And I just don't feel like I've got it. I mean, I prefer to sort of just veg out and not actually do anything, uh, let alone concentrate on stuff. So I tend to I tend to not gravitate towards games. Uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe I'll get although I did I, actually that's one thing I wanted to mention that when I was at We Are Robots at the weekend, um not the weekend last week, uh we had uh I was on a panel, we were talking about the future of music technology and there's some great guests on there. And I was sat next to Rupert Hine. Uh, who is an awesome dude. I mean, he's like proper old school producer, kind of like George Martin. He did his first record when he was 16. You know, and astonishing. You know, I'm I'm hoping to get an interview with him because he said he would do one. So I'd really like to talk to him. He produced all sorts of stuff. In fact, Underworld as well as Tina Turner. I mean, really varied stuff. Anyway, that's beside the point. But while I was there, I saw the uh, Alive in VR Ableton interface and I put on for the first time like a proper, it was a uh, HTC Vive 3D virtual reality thing and I did try the and the latency was non-existent it was just amazing so you were kind of like hitting drums and moving things around out of the interface and triggering clips and stuff i mean i wasn't fluent with it but it was it was just really really weird because you've got subconscious conscious and then this other alternative consciousness which is you in a vr headset while there's somebody outside of that consciousness standing next to you going yeah what you want to do is now this if you reach and it, it was it was really kind of mentally very confusing so maybe i'm just not built for those sort of games and that side of stuff i don't so know what, but uh,
2: that that's an interesting point there i mean like cuz uh, twitch type games you know really fast games uh any any latency in your system you know the the gamers are really super sensitive about any lag at all so frame rates have to be completely smooth and completely fluid so that's quite an interesting aspect then so you know that if you've got that going on that will then i presume make for a musically possible interface yeah, because you know again definitely. you know any latency is a, is a, a deal breaker
0: well, it was interesting because when I was talking to uh, S- uh, Jim Simons, he was saying that, you know, yeah, it, it runs at 90 frames a second, you know, and he had a all oh, this high-end PC to spit out the car uh, output. But whatever, beside the point, I was sort of thinking, what's this for, you know? I mean, and the idea, one of the ideas he's had is obviously you can have other people enter your 3D environment to enjoy the performance with you in your world that you create. I mean, this was just, you know the thing about the Alive in VR thing is, is it's got the uh, Ableton interface, but you could just as easily see it working really well with generic MIDI control and faders and doing things that involve you moving around in a space. I mean, it, it really it, it blows the mind in many ways, and in the possibilities, but also in the operation of it. I don't know. non Eric, have you tried any VR stuff? I mean, it's really, I find it really weird, but I'm just not wired that way.
1: No, unfortunately not not. Not once. Only, I think in the end of the 19th, uh, 80s, no, beginning of the 80s, yeah. in this big shopping back, <laughs> uh, in London, they had this big thing where you could, you know, with still with this big, really rudimentary. No, I haven't. No experience, unfortunately. <clears throat> I heard that you need really, really um, fast hardware to bring the latency down, and some people get dizzy, puke. I don't know. Unfortunately... Right
0: if, you're, if you do get to go to Loop, I'm pretty sure he'll be there. So you should try it out. It's well worth it. It's a very odd thing to video, though. It's a bit like kind of uh, explaining pictures on a radio because it's you're going from 2D to 3D. Yeah. Um, I don't know, Rich. Have you tried any VR stuff? Have, we, have, we, have I asked you this question before? I can't remember if I have.
3: Um, I don't remember if you've asked me the question before, but I did have a VR headset on once briefly and, you know, just kind of like looked around with it on and stuff. I didn't have it on for very long and I didn't participate in any sort of action game or anything like that. It was stunning in how responsive it was and how it looked and how it did feel like you were in some sort of immersed reality within what you could see. And um, I'm quite interested in it but I yeah. don't have a lot more to say about it. No, it's fair <laughs>
0: enough. I mean, I, I think uh, the, the thing for me that I find kind of interesting, because one of the other things that came up on this panel was the notion of, um, you know, we should move away from technology and get more into collaboration, you know, just work with human beings using technology. And that was that raised the point of, you know, why hasn't it happened though? so that there is technology? You know, we've had the Steinberg VST Connect, which didn't really, it doesn't quite work. It's a bit too IT management <clears throat> to kind of get set up and there's too much latency. But the idea of, stepping into a virtual environment and working with somebody in a virtual environment remotely somehow, that, that has legs because I think that that kind of opens up, the, but then you've also got the idea of problems with latency with that as well. Sorry, Non-Eric, you were just about to...
1: Mm. Yeah, as you, you just mentioned, VST Connect, that is actually the new name of the plugin that we developed at Digital Musician some years ago. Uh, actually an invention from Charlie Steinberg, the man himself. And what we found is that uh, at the end of the day, it was less the technical uh, issues that was uh, keeping people from collaborating online. It was more that it's very, very hard for, for, for people, strangers, in a virtual world, even if it's just on a platform like Digital Musician, to communicate about music. And so this seems to be not as easy as we all think. Yeah, you can communicate on Facebook, share your cat photos, that's easy, and you know? all we can talk about political issues and write comments and stuff like that. But when it comes to describing what you want in a, in a musical experience, in a, in a song, in a track, that seems to go a lot deeper. We had uh, people really having problems communicating what they were looking for when they were looking for other people to uh, make music online. And I think there's a, there seems to be a, a misconception. We all believe that obviously, uh, what a great idea, work with some people online, via the net with strangers and create great collaborations and great new music. But I think there's a couple of platforms out now and there has been the Ohm Studios and other attempts, but it never really got off the ground and I think it's because there is a fundamental problem that has nothing to do with technology. but far more with musicians and people having to communicate on music and it it's kind of requires a relationship and that's why lots of big artists, they always use the same musicians for decades They work together because they have this sort of intimate relationship that you cannot recreate on the internet.
0: That is a very valid point. I think I kind of had a similar notion, which was it was maybe more down to confidence, you know, that there's something very personal about playing a riff to somebody or singing or doing something without ever having met them you know session musicians must have to deal with it lots of times you know particularly if they're working with new clients where it's you're you're putting it out there, and you've got to be able to cope with the notion of it not being exactly what that other person wants or how how the reaction you get and if you're ostensibly and that's why we all work you know not all of us but lots of people work in their little home studios with on electronic music because they can make it because they find the whole collaborative thing either s- too stressful or it doesn't work quite so well for them they ha- or they haven't found the right people to work with i know what do you think rich i mean you get various musicians in i mean do you often get musicians in that you've ne- nobody's ever worked with before
3: um that nobody's ever worked with before on the session i'm thinking i i have i have i mean you know students that needed to record the violin demo that gets them into college, you know, stuff like that. I mean, typically in my professional work, no, they've been recorded by somebody before, albeit perhaps not like you thought. We once worked with a very famous group that had hit records that um, uh, admitted during a session that they had never played together in a recording studio before, but uh, and they shall remain nameless. Huh. <laughs> um, I, I don't know... Um,
0: I suppose the thing is, is it, it,
3: uh, it, it, I don't know if about... virtual reality is where I want to write music, but, but uh, part of the problem with the communication aspect, which I, by the way, agree with um, non-Eric on very much so here, is that we now have in the democratization of the music making process across the last three decades, we have eliminated training from the uh, equation. And so what you have is a whole lot of people who have all kinds of various self-taught backgrounds, mostly self-taught backgrounds, and some of them are informed by various schools and college programs, particularly in the last 10 to 15 years. But you don't have a common language uh, that, want, that people use typically to communicate musical ideas, whereas before, say, 1970 or 1965, pretty much all of the musicians before that time had studied music in some sort of formalized environment that enabled them to have a conversation about it that sort of made sense to them huh, interesting so some of this is the inevitable result of the democratization of the music making process and i'm not saying it's good or it's bad or it's indifferent and i'm not pining away for the old days but that's just what it is to me
0: that's interesting yeah and i think that's a really valid point yeah Wow, okay. That went in a direction I didn't expect, but really, really good. I would <laughs> like to say that, that uh, We Are Robots was a great show. It was a little bit under-attended, but uh, if, get, if you're in London next year, hopefully it'll happen again. There was all sorts of stuff. We've got some more videos coming up. Uh, I think uh, um, we've got My no, no Computer gave us a view, a whiz around the Hackaday village, where there's just loads of art pieces and installations. It's kind of fun. So, yeah. Um, I think... Um, that feels like quite a good place to stop. I, there there seem to be lots of uh, uh, subjects on my ever increasing list of topics that we haven't got around to talking to that talking about that, mm-hmm. that just keep getting off the end. Is there anything there that anybody really wants to discuss uh, uh, or shall we wrap it? Wrap it,
2: wrap, wrap the subject, wrap it wrap, up, man, wrap the show. <laughs> oh, wrap it. Yeah, okay.
0: Well, that seems fair enough. Um, I should point out, you may have seen me drinking from my marvellous Sonic State mug. Uh, There are t-shirts and other uh, merch designs. You can get to them via the Sonic State site. You're more than welcome to help yourself Maybe a Christmas gift coming up. I mean, no, we're a bit early. We're still, what, 50 days out? I feel a bit awful actually even referring to that season just yet. But uh, hey, I'm trying to sell stuff. What can I do? Um, so, yeah, but thank you very much for joining us, everybody. Rich, once again, a very happy birthday to you. And I hope uh, you have a, a lovely rest of the day where you're going to be just treating yourself, pampering yourself, not having to think about work. Am I right or wrong?
3: Uh should be a pretty easy de- easy day for me today. Yes, thank you. Excellent. And well, thank I'm you for the well wishes, everybody.
0: I'm glad to hear <laughs> that. Thank you very much for joining. It's been a real pleasure. And also, Mr. Non-Eric uh, from Media Talk TV, what's coming up um, on the channel that uh, people might want to watch out for?
1: Mm, I'm not quite sure yet what we'll have on Monday. Um, choices we'll see is that that
0: choices or bad (laughs) organisation
1: too many choices bad organisation
0: oh I was going to ask you so uh, the the Hackintosh system that you were talking about I mean generally speaking what was it like was it a nightmare or was it actually kind of fairly smooth I'm guessing did you get a person to set it up for you or did you have to get your hands dirty just wanted to quiz you about that quickly I forgot to ask
1: earlier Uh, nightmare yes a person helping me yes is it worth it yes it my problems more or less came down to that i wanted to use my uad twin apollo interface via thunderbolt And Uh, Thunderbolt is not really well supported on the PC platform. And that caused a lot of uh, problems. And then uh, I made a stupid mistake that I connected my 4K display via HDMI and then didn't realize that it was switching down to 24 frames uh, because of the limited bandwidth of the HDMI connection. And that's why my mouse kept lagging. And I thought it was a problem with the computer, but it wasn't. So... since the now it runs no problem and it's been a solid experience and yeah once I got it up and running it's been running fine ever since
0: ah and what how much you know what sort of spec machine are we talking about and what was your saving do you think have you got those kind of uh, figures to hand
1: yeah I think equivalent uh, a Mac would uh, be a 5k retina so, so to you know look at the uh, screen um i think it's even faster i think it's a i have a i7 4.2 gigahertz and a geforce 1060 in it and that's uh, 60 only 60 gig of ram but i think it's uh probably faster even than the fastest iMac. i'm not quite sure i still have to Mm. do a show maybe that's something for monday where i sort of you know as i explained i'm still trying to bench uh, still uh, looking at benchmarking the system and see how fast it is it's very very fluid
0: interesting well we're yeah we're just about to drop some money on a new uh system here just to, to handle this and also our video switching stuff but uh, it, it might well be possible to run OSX on it anyway but I'll talk to you uh, off that about that off camera anyway no no yes. music talk TV thank you very much for joining us and everybody else thank you all for joining us uh, we can have a big yeah. wave goodbye and uh, see you all in the not too distant future don't forget another show next week do subscribe to the show to the channel uh, Sonic State on YouTube and we'll see you you next time. Thanks very much.